Welcome back to United We Stand, Fact Over Feelings. Uh, I am your host, Greg Buck, and with me is the other host, John Alexander. So thank you guys all. Um, we're not going to go into a lot of the details uh, of you know the intros. If you want to learn a little bit more about us, um, it's in other episodes. We're going to get get down to it. So um, we've been talking a lot about, well, there's a lot of things going on, right, in the world. So we are um, now mid-June 2020. Jesus, what 2020? What a weird, weird year it has been. So, so everything that's happened. Can least, we get a redo? Can we get a, a redo on 2020? We need a mulligan. Side is 2020, man. Let's do this one over. Mulligan. We're just gonna start it over um, in another six months. <laughs> but um, yeah, lots of stuff's happening. Uh, the, the previous episode we just put out, episode three, we talked a lot of, uh, a lot about the. Um, uh, all kinds of stuff that's going on with uh, the pandemic, businesses closing, uh, folks stressed out, um, unemployment ratcheting up, uh, racial and, and police conflicts that led to protests, which led to riots and looting. And that's all going on. That's all, that's all still going on. But I wanted to um, keep going on this topic because it's been all consuming for everybody right now. It, and question what with all this stuff going on right we got this like massive cancel culture happening right now um oh. people democrats versus republicans black folks versus white folks gay versus straight like it's all over the place right now man and it doesn't need to be that way first of all but with if, the way if you don't have an enemy right now you're not playing the game right apparently i know i know it makes no sense but if this this attitude keeps going where folks are just so entrenched on you know stance i don't even know it could just be stance a and stance b whatever it happens to be and no one is listening to either side what happens man like where, where do we go from here like what forecast where we're at in a year from now five years from now you know it, it's hard to kind of even forecast but if you were to take my honest guess is we're going to be in the same place doing the same cycle five years from now. I don't think anybody has an idea of how to really move and push something forward that'll cause change, right? Because you have one side saying, hey, we need change. And another side saying, no, everything's good. It's all right. We don't, we don't have a reason for change. Um, and so nobody... And then, so nobody's talking about what needs to change. So I think that's where the big issue is. And I, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, people on the internet talking, but I, I don't know if any real change is going to come about unless um, some really deep things uh, occur within policies that, uh, that change. And even if they change, the cycle to fix it will take so long. I think five years from now, we'll still be arguing over pretty much the same thing. So what, what, what do you think, I mean, if there's utopia for you, right? I mean, I know there's probably like a laundry list of things to change, but if you had to narrow, narrow it down to one or a couple of things, right? A couple of things right now that five years from now, you and I are still, still doing this podcast and we're chatting about this episode and here are the two things that we, that we wanted to change and what are they and how best do we approach it? Like what, what is the action that needs to occur to make it actually happen? Well, I think there's, uh, I think, the, okay, the issue, all right, let's, let's kind of cut the BS, right? The issue is that 
at the core, African-Americans, minorities, don't feel as though there is true equality. Though there may be equality in law, there is not equality in practice. And I think we have to assess what causes that inequality when we, when the law already says we're equal. When the law says you can be at the same place that I can be at, right? Because before people had similar arguments when they said, hey, we gave you all the same rights as us. However, even though you have all the same rights as us, you can't be with us. Now it's like you have all the same rights as us. What more could we do policy-wise to help out? And I think in order to make that happen, we have to really understand what, what the bad policies are. And I can try and tackle some of those, but obviously it's the mass incarceration, right? I, I looked it up. You know, we're number one in the world uh, for incarceration rates. I think for every 100,000 people, we have around 660 people incarcerated. The next Western country on the list is at rank 90, I believe, and that's Australia with 100. So we have uh, almost roughly about four times more than our ne the nearest Western country. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously a problem there. And I, then I think you have to go and step down and because that incarceration is a cycle, right? That incarceration is a cycle that I've seen, right? Like we know statistically that you're more likely to have a, a healthier, more successful family, um, you know, if you have everyone there. And with incarceration rates, that's a preventative. The second policy that is necessary is uh, to do something about gerrymandering in a lot of blue states and red states where you have the money going to the nicer neighborhoods, right? So the city collects taxes and that tax money is not fairly allocated throughout the area. So here in Charlotte, North Carolina, there are certain public schools that are substantially more well-funded and better equipped than in the more lower economic areas. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're in the same city and you're fed by public money, how does that happen? You know, there's, there's no reason for that to happen. Yeah. And the third thing I think is not a policy, and this is where I'm going to get my head cut off at, it's a culture change uh, that we also need to make in our community, right? In order to go forward, we have to decide to uh, what, you know, we've decided what we won't accept from the government. We've decided what we won't accept from uh, the majority. We have to decide what we won't accept from ourselves. Exactly. And, I, yep. and I think we can't, if we don't do all three at the same time, one will hold us back. And so we've got to kind of get on the same foot with each other and what we won't accept. So like some things I don't accept is, um, I mean, I'm, I'm very anti-gang, right? I don't accept gangs. I don't think, uh, I, I accept the principle of the gang and their, some of their original intentions if, to protect neighborhoods, to provide 
community activities, cookouts, uh, places for kids to go to feel safe. I, I accept that intention, but their current um, situation that also allows them to participate in illegal activities, things of that nature, we have to not accept that. You know, we shouldn't be jumping kids into gangs. We should make them do a charity drive and make sure they raise enough money for the community in order to get in this game. Okay. That's what I want to see you do. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's um there's a couple points, right? And I I just looked up on you know on the Australia thing, right? And so th- there's there's a I don't I don't know if comparing U.S. and Australia is accurate, right? Because I look at the the population of Australia is 25 million, we're at like 375 million. So if you well, I was I was doing it per hundred thousand. Oh, per hundred. Okay. Okay. All right. That's per um, hundred thousand. So that's as a that's as a ratio to them. Okay. So then then yeah then it's a uh, yeah, and Australia is a, uh, aren't they, isn't that whole country founded by criminals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they're like, Australia's the most awesome place ever. <laughs> Whatever you want there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're beating out China and Russia and, and these, we're beating out communists, we're beating out these countries. And I'm not saying that America's bad, right? Because I feel comfortable in a general sense in my neighborhood, as far as America goes. Right. So, but to be 90 places ahead of the next Western country. So does that, as, so are we, are, is there more crimes being, are more crimes being committed? Yes or no, right? Like, so I, I, I looked you, at the murder rate and our that? murder rate does not reflect the position we're in. What do you mean by so that? A, so you would assume the, the murder rate would have an effect on how many people are incarcerated. Either we lock up all the murderers, so we'd be at the top of the list, or we don't lock them up and you have a lot of crime, or uh, the other countries would have a lot of crime. We're just right in the middle. Like, it's pretty much average for a Western world. So when we're looking at the serious crime, we, we sen- seem to be trending closer to the mean. We might be a little higher, a little bit uh, lower, but we're very near the mean. Okay. So it doesn't, there's no correlation directly to that, you know, the serious crime compared to our incarceration rate. Okay. And you think that's a, a lot of it is derived from, well, there's policy there, right? I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be laws or policies that get passed. Um, we'll, we can chat about this here in just a moment. Um, I did a little bit of homework as well, <laughs> but the the feeling right that the the black culture or the black folks in in America right and I'm not I don't I don't do the African American right it's like a, you're American you just darker darker you got a better tan that that's it <laughs> right yeah that's, I, well, wish, I wish I wish it was that easy <laughs> um, I mean that that's how I look at it, man. But um, and that's you know, good. That's how you my should. Wife, look my wife's Chinese, like my wife's Asian, right? I don't, I don't say, well, you're Asian. You're not Asian American. You're born in Charlotte. You're just American, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so there's that feeling of it's a scorecard, right? The scorecard is different. Is that a true statement? You know. There's a different scorecard, but I, I got in a long, uh, way too long discussion with a buddy about, um, you know, 
wearing black skin, right? And uh, obviously we were very much opposed in our views. He's a police officer, good friends. And he was saying, I experience hate when, uh, you know, as a police officer, hates everywhere, man. Like hates hate. And there's a difference from being able to take off your uniform when you go to a wedding or when you go to the mall or where you go, where you go to a job interview. Right. And you wear that skin. I mean, you've been friends with me long enough to know that, and here's some of my stories of, of how many times I've encountered people who've judged me based on the color of my skin first. Right. Um, and so as much as I would love to say, everybody's just American, uh, I can't live in that reality. And that's, that's kind of this, this, uh, this word that's been popping up, what white privilege is. White privilege doesn't mean you have a better life than me, right? Like white, that's, it does not mean that. I can show you a ton of white people that have 10 times harder lives than I, I could ever dream of, mm-hmm. right? Imagine, right? What, what white privilege means is that when you walk into the average place, you don't have to take into consideration the color of your skin when you do your actions. And that's really what the privilege is. Yeah. So that privilege of me going into a store, and I've done this multiple times because I've gotten stopped multiple times when I don't, when I'm making large purchases, I have to like say, hey, can I put this here? Can I, can you watch this? I'm going to purchase this because other times you get stopped, you get harassed. And yeah, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, everybody gets harassed when you, you have large purchases. But do you get followed through the store regularly? No. Well, I mean, if, I, if, if I've been followed through the store, I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> no, yeah, so, no one said anything. So I know, I, I know that happens to me. I've seen it happen to me. Does it happen less now? Yes, it does. It's much, just in the last 10 years, I've seen a, a major improvement in our culture. But the reality is I have to be aware of that. When I go cruising through neighborhoods looking for houses, I get nervous because it's only a matter of time before somebody's like flags me down, the security cop comes around and does a courtesy few laps in front of my car. Uh, however, when I, ride, when I ride through black neighborhoods that are the same value, like where I'm at in Charlotte, there's a lot more African-Americans in nicer houses, right? Yeah. I don't have that problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't run into that issue. Yeah, I wish I had good answers for you. I, I don't like it. It just because because most of the people that I hang out with don't. I mean, on the outside, they they don't they don't display that type of behavior. And if you go and hang out with them, there's they, their friends are from all over the place, right? There's no real bias of who they are based on how they look, right? Like, they just, I don't know. I, I feel that's, that's like so like 1960s, man. I'm like. That, that is a great topic, right? You may not believe an is, that issue is, is as serious as it is because right. you're married to an, to an Asian woman and you're doing a podcast with an African-American man. You don't interact in the circles like that. You're the only white person, and, and I, I, 
on whole, and this is not a big generality, but for me, that I regularly go to events and I'm not the only black person there. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're, or the only minority. I might be one of two, but those two is, is a big number, Greg. That's, that's huge compared to what I normally see. All right. All right, yeah, so I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you're a part of that, that, that situation. So you're not going to experience it because you don't associate with people that normally have those biases. I just don't think you find yourself, you know, talking with them. They, they're going to give off a vibe that they're, they're not going to be your friend. Yeah, I would, yeah, I wouldn't. I just want to associate with them. Um, <clears throat> the. Uh, yeah, so so that that's where like I, I have a hard time on this this topic, right? So like folks, you know, you and I talk about it, right? Where I was really struggling with it because I'm like, it doesn't, it's not equating in my brain that because I'm not, it's your vantage point, I guess, or, or how you view yeah. the world. And if you don't view it that way, then it's very hard to understand that that difference is even out there, right? Because you're like, this is my this is my group of people. I hang out with them, and they're from Pakistan and. They're black, they're white, they're, they're all, you know, I mean, that's not, doesn't Everything. make them a man of the world or anything like that. It's just, it's just more on, are you a, a douchebag or not a douchebag? If you're not a douchebag, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> like everything else becomes immaterial. Are, are there some kind of value to, to your life, right? Like they, they provide a value to your life um, um, and not drain, but, drain but that. But you up. realize how different that is from a lot of America. Right. So like you are college I educated. Don't, I, don't, I really don't because that's not who I like. That's not who I congregate with. Like a lot of the folks yeah. that I have to do with, that they don't, they don't have that view either. Right. So. And, and so here's the thing. So when you're walking through a store as a white person, you're still not going to experience or see that because nobody's going to target you or talk to you because their majority is white. Mm -hmm. Right. So I went uh, there is there's a, a meme going around and it's like unprofessional hair, professional hair, unprofessional women's hair, professional women's hair. And I did it myself and I, I was actually shocked. If you Google those things, you'll end up seeing that all the unprofessional stuff is normal African. It's just African-American faces. Oh, really? And I ironically I and there's like one girl with like pink gothic hair that's outrageous right but ironically the the hairstyles they're using particularly for females are are the hairstyles that african-american females wear that is professional right like it's just that our hair doesn't do what karen's hair does right like if we don't if we let our hair hang down it's it's this why <laughs> if karen lets her hair hang Those down it's right things. here yeah right yeah and so there's a perception right of what does the average person hair do right so your hair should be tight and neat behind your head makes sense yep. that's what the average person's hair does well we're not the average person so we have to do in order to fit in we have to do a things that aren't necessarily average to us. And that's what white privilege really is. It's not a, you have a better life than I. It's yeah. that I have to, that as a, as a minority, you have to take into account that other people 
do things differently for their normal than you do. So I can look at it but like military versus civilian, right? I mean, really, yes. military, we got to do certain things that are different than civilians and civilian, mm -hmm. other civilians might not like it. So if I look at it the same, the same kind of yeah. analogy, that's the same stuff. You just got to do other things. Um, you might not want to do it, but <laughs> you, you just need to do it, um, I guess, to, I don't know, like to, to blend in. Maybe. I don't know if it's to blend in. I don't yep. know if that's the right word. Here's, a, here's uh, something that um, happens to me, and it, right, wrong, or indifferent, uh, that I do, is that a lot of time when I go to functions uh, that are majority white, which happens a lot, because I have a very diverse group of friends, I'm military, right? So yeah. my friends are every color yeah. of the rainbow, right? Um, I go to events, and oftentimes, I am the only African-American there. I think I went to eight weddings in the last five years where I've been the only African-American. And a lot of times I'm concerned that whole time as making sure I'm professional because I am the only interaction some of these people get with an African-American in a social environment. They might work with somebody at work, but they don't necessarily go out to drink or, or whatever. So when they see my interaction, if I'm not giving off the same, inter the, I, I'm constantly worried, well, I can't completely relax because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, you know, as a, uh, as a white individual, if you get hammered at that wedding, it's just the guy who had a great time at a wedding. <laughs> but if you're the black guy that gets hammered, it's like, this is how they carry themselves. Yeah. And so double standard. Yeah, it's just like the military though. When you're when you're the only military guy or you're in uniform, if you're in uniform and everybody's getting hammered, you know you can't get hammered in that uniform because you're a reflection. Yep. White people aren't a reflection to white people. <laughs> like it's like you like <laughs> you don't look at like, oh man, that's a good white guy. I want to be like that. You just <laughs> say, Oh, that's a that's a guy, right? Like you don't yeah, he's uh, hammered. You don't you don't think about that, right? Yeah. But when, you, when you're the only black guy there, you're like, oh, wow, that guy is smart for a, white, a black guy. Like, he's really a good, upstanding person. And mm -hmm. they're going to say it because they say it to me all the time. Like, yeah, I never met somebody like you. I, that's a funny one. That, that's just weird. That, yeah, that, that I never met somebody talk. like you. Yeah, and do and you yeah. know what they mean? Yeah. You know exactly what they mean. And my first instinct is to go, what the fuck do you mean by that? Excuse my language. <laughs> but I know what they mean, and I'm like, thank you. That's it. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I know what you meant, right? You never met somebody like me, like what? I'm, I'm average compared to every single person in the room. Yeah. But because I'm a black guy, you're like, wow, I didn't know you knew economics that well. I didn't know you knew entrepreneurship that well. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm I'm it's magic. Cool. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's gone. A lot of people have gone. <laughs> yeah, those are just weird comments to me, man. I'm like, I, I don't, I, like, I wouldn't know how to. I would, I won't even know how to take that. Like, what? Right, okay, carry on. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, and I think cameras are really illustrating this when we have these Karens. I love Karens. I love Karens because it shows how often 
minorities can get in trouble for doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Because when you have these Karens saying, oh, he's attacking me, he's assaulting me, and clearly nothing is happening. How many people get incarcerated for that? Yeah. You're just, guilty. just guilty without even, yeah, without anything actually happening. You just got to say it, right? It's kind of like, well, yeah. it's kind of like all this other nonsense that's going on, right? Like, hey, I, I disagree with you. You're racist. Oh, you're, you're a misogynist. You're a, some kind of ist. I'm like, yeah, you're some kind what of ist. What the hell are you well, talking about? <laughs> I'm, I want it to be known. I am very racist. Like, I am, I am the most racist guy you've ever met. And like, when I say, when I say racist, I mean that I, I do I do take into account the color of your skin when I interact with you. I do take into account those things. And I don't usually do it, but I don't do it to be to be rude. And just like a lot of, of, of white people don't do it to be rude. They do it to be culturally sensitive. Mm -hmm. And so I've traveled the world. If, if I'm in an Indian nation, I see you're wearing, if, if you're Indian, I'm going to try and respect your certain customs. Or if you're Arab, I'm going to greet you differently than I would greet some other people. I might initiate with a head bow. Mm -hmm. I might initiate with a chest over my hand. Assalamu alaikum, right? <laughs> exactly. So if I'm like when I was in the United Arab Emirates, you've been there. You've got a lot of Indians. You've got a lot of uh, Europeans and Westerners. And you've got a lot of Arabic people. All three of those people greet each other differently, even with a subtle pass by. Mm -hmm. Like the, a lot of the Indians do a head nod, uh, but their head nod is different than the American head nod or European head nod. And then the Arabic culture usually greets with a hand over the heart. How do you know that as soon as you meet somebody? You're looking at their skin. Yeah. Because you're just walking past them. Their skin or, and typically their guard, right? The, what, what or, the, or their guard. Right? Yeah. yeah. Guard. So like you, you do that based on skin a I don't know if that, that I, I wouldn't call that being racist. That, that is more of, uh, I wouldn't call that as, I look at them as racist meaning you're, you're preventing or you're, I don't even know what the accurate definition is. I call that prejudice. Prejudice. We so, instinctively, we bucket though. Like as human beings, we got to compartmentalize yeah. everything in yeah, our head. Yeah, we got this bucket that's the same thing. Everybody like, does. Like, yeah, like, I, you know, there's a part of me understands why race needs to happen right because i don't want to be known as just i don't want to be known as just white like i don't want to do that mm -hmm. right I, I don't want to just be white because i have a large culture behind coming up as black and mm -hmm. i don't want to give that up right so the second i say okay i'm white too right I, i'd have to give up all of my culture right and so so in order for me to say that, I have to acknowledge that there's some racial something going within me, right? I'm just trying to be realistic, if this makes sense. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just, I just think that it's okay to acknowledge someone's color. Yeah. It's just, it's wrong to to assume something about that whole based on one person of color. Correct. Right. And that happens. I mean, that, that still happens across the board, not just like um, it, it's usually the white versus black, but it, it happens the other way around. It happens in oh. your circles where like 
you know, you're hanging out with a bunch of black folks and they're talking, talking shit about white folks. Right. Like, I, I mean, I mean, it, Oh, maybe, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. Like I, I don't, so it doesn't happen in the most circles though, man. It literally doesn't happen where folks are like, Oh, these, uh, well, let me see. There may have been like on deployment with folks that were ex NYPD and ex Washington DCP, like PD, like they, they had that different mindset, but yep. they were also yep. going in different, right? Like, so they, they use that. I'm going to go to typically section eight housing, lots of crime, lots of bad stuff going on there. And then that was their constant, like, Hey, this is my interaction with somebody who's black over and over and over. And then you, you do that enough times and then you're going to start getting a bad taste in your mouth. Right. But um, I mean, that's, that's really, human nature to some extent. Yeah. So, so I want to shift to the third part. And this is where you get in trouble, possibly, and I get in trouble. Uh, the third thing I mentioned was that we as a culture have to do things differently mm -hmm. um, as well. What do you have to say about that? What are your thoughts surrounding that? Um. I mean, it's, it's the same shit. Like it, it, for me, like I can't change anybody else, man. Like, nor am I going to try to, I'm not going to try to convince some white dude like, Hey, you need to look at the, the world through my eyes, dude. It's pointless, right? You see people on the internet doing it all the time. It goes nowhere. They just get more entrenched in the positions. So I, I think for it, for me, like it's just being the, the example, right? Like doing what I do, leading the way I lead, um, interacting with folks the way I interact with, uh, regardless of where they're from. Right. Um, it, it's just, I think for me, it's just, I got to be that example and then not just example for me, but example for the kids, right. For Catherine, for wife. And, um, that, that is it. Cause I can't really change anybody else. I mean, we can do stuff like this and some mm -hmm. folks will listen to it and be like, yeah, I totally agree. Or no, these guys are full of shit. Right. Like, yeah. um, and, and that's fine. Right. I mean, that's completely fine. But, um, I think it all starts with, it starts with you, man. And it starts with you leading and it starts with you, um, being the example that you want to project into the world. And, and I think that will manifest, it'll manifest itself, but it, it'll take year, like years and years and years to do it. But, uh, generations probably. But, um, I, I think that that's, that's where you got to start with it. It's got to start with you. You know, and I think that's a, a big point to note. We, you did, you said two big things in there. One is that leadership, right? You have to have people leading in the right direction. Unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of leaders trying to take over the Black Lives Matter movement in a direction where, and, and this could be of any race, in a direction where it's very accusatory instead of proactive well it's it's the um 100 agree right so on that on that token and i did a little research on the the blm right like black lives matter as a black lives matter as a concept totally get it yeah 100 i'm totally get it. totally get different it. than than the organization and kind of where it's going and there there's there's definitely some um i think there's a, a transgender element to it as well yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't even know if they have their identity figured out yet. So I went in and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, I literally looked on the website and I was like, oh, let, let's, let's check it out. Let me read through some of it. And then I had this like little um, uh, icon where you could, you could donate to Black Lives Matter. And I was like, okay, well, kind of what, what's the causes? What, what are they doing? 
I click on it uh, and there's this, um, uh, you know, fine print below. And it says, this goes to the, I think it said actblue.com. So when you, it goes, it funnels you through this, this other website called actblue. You need to check it out. Like it goes to actblue and that website is only for, um, supporting money for the Democrats. It was like the bizarrest thing. I was like, what the hell is going on here? So I, like, I want to get like, we can talk about this all the time, like, but check out the website and it like how it linked right back to this other website, which supports democratic parties. And I'm like, I'm scratching my head. And then I went back and I started looking through all the, um, um, places where there's issues, right? Like we talked about this before, right? There's a lot of these cities, um, have issues with police brutality, right? Not just against black folks, but against white folks as well. Um, issues with black folks in there. And, and as far as the, um, the policies that are not allowing to get that community out of the impoverished area. Um, there's a lot of these different cities, right? Um, and I, I, dude, I gotta like pull this up cause I like wrote like the last Republican to hold the mayor position in all these different cities. And some of these go back to like the 1930s. So I'm like, all right, so we're, it's all Democrat run. It's Those not are the good Republicans too. What's that? Like, the, the pre-1930 Republicans were the good Republicans. Yeah, or, yeah. Like th those were the Republicans that when African-Americans voted Republican. Yeah, well, yeah. Like that's a Abraham Lincoln's Abraham Lincoln. party of Republicans. Um, yeah, so like we started going through that. I was going through that and I was like, all right, so the link from Black Lives Matters goes to a website that supports only Democrats. There's no nothing else you can support. It supports Democrats only, um, and it's in these cities that are predominantly Democrat-run, where people keep complaining that there's police violence and uh, you know um, racial profiling against Black folks, and Black folks don't have the, the same treatment. But it's the same Democrats that are running those areas, and they keep getting like it, it didn't make sense to me. Like it was kind of like this circle of of just weirdness. <laughs> so you know. Here's a funny thing is that Democrats. I'm sorry, do we, get, do we get off our topic that, that we were initially? No, yeah, 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 we did, but we're going here. All right. Democrats, and you know, I'm, I'm very much in the middle or okay. libertarian, right? Okay. Democrats do something that I think is really interesting is they really do spend a lot of money on black community. Here in Charlotte, they spent a ton of money on black community. One of the black communities they did that was North Davidson. Oh, nice place. It's an amazing place. But they priced out all the people that were living there. I was just going to say that. I was like, do I? I don't know. Last time I drove through Davidson, I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> the black folks there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was, but it seemed to be more... Um, yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it's an expensive... It probably went from like 90% to about 10 Okay. Right. And that's what happens, right? Because they, you know, I'm not trying to bash any party here, but I've noticed that a lot of the Democratic actions aren't putting the money into the one place we asked them to, and that's our schools. Education, man. Absolutely. Like we, we, I could care less about what you do with the roads. I can do less about this. Give us parks if you want to, but I just want really nice schools. I want, 
I went to, uh, my wife was teaching uh, elementary and middle school. And uh, I happened to come visit her one day. I think, you know, just, you know, you know, husband in uniform comes visit you, surprise you at work, right? And I came to her school and there were bars everywhere around the schools. And the kids weren't allowed to talk in the hallways at all. And I'm like, wait a minute. The funny thing is I had just went to a middle school on the other side of Charlotte. It's a completely different experience. Now, if, if we're doing that in our communities and it's a, if Democrats are allowing that to happen, we have to hold them accountable. We have to hold Clinton accountable for his policies. We have to hold Joe Biden and all of the congressmen accountable for their literal bringing about this mass incarceration. All of the, our majority leaders, Biden, they were all there when this stuff happened and they all signed off on it. So we have to hold them accountable. The Republican Party also had a very strong role in the war on drugs and the war on crime. Um, but we have to start holding the Democrats accountable if you want to be a Democrat. Uh, the Republicans, in my point of view, have to just realize it's an issue. Mm -hmm. Right? They're not they're not worried about holding anybody accountable because they then bleed red, easy. white, and blue. Yep. And we're, we're going to make America great again. And you've got Democrats talking about, hold up, we got to get to great for everyone before we can say we make it great again. Yeah. But, but I think there's um, the, uh, the action based on the Republican party, right? At least some of the folks that uh, I'm not speaking for all of them. There's um, I'm sure there's a lot of knuckleheads in there too. Uh, but the the action behind it, once there is confirmed, hey, here's a problem, right? This is a real issue. Um, I, I think like the Republican Party can turn around and switch, like a like go, like this is what we're doing. We're going to get this stuff done. I think they can really dial it in if they admit that there's actually an issue. That <laughs> I think they could. I think they could um, for the younger Republicans. I think the older Republicans have a party allegiance and a stubbornness um, that is based around the principle of re-election and what the president is doing at the current time. Yeah, those guys will go. They'll, I mean, we'll outlast them. <laughs> yeah, we, we will. But uh, I, I think that I think the party has some potential. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I think it has some potential. It's just not going to – right now, nobody's doing anything to go against the grain right now in that party. Yeah. And the Democrats don't have a grain. We just tried to cancel Paw Patrol and Aunt Jemima Syrup. Dude, I love Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is awesome. This is awesome. We had like, <laughs> my son gets to see an example of a good cop. What the hell are we doing, man? I'm like, that. that is what we're going to spend time and energy on. I'm like, holy shit, we gotta, we've got lost our mind. Like, ain't your mind? Ain't your mind syrup is the best, dude. It's phenomenal. First of all, like, it's a black lady on Aunt Jemima syrup. Like, how is that racist? Because she's black? Like, now, yeah. her older caricatures were a little bit more mammy-styled, like, yeah. 1920s mammy okay cool but they've updated it since then yeah if they want to get rid of the name jemima here's my thought on that like oh that's that's you know racist 
that's a very realistic kind of African-American name from the country. Yeah. Like I got some crazy names in my family that I don't, I've never met somebody named again. Right. Yeah. Like it's okay. Like she's got big black curly hair, which is considered extremely unprofessional. Let people get familiar with that. That's, yeah. that's like, that's the only person they got to look to, to right now. <laughs> that's <laughs> She's it. the only one not making political statements. Uh, why you're eating waffles. <laughs> yeah, why you're eating your waffles. Let her, gosh, it's so much better than the character caricature of the angry black woman. Yeah. Well, leave the sweet black lady there. Like, let her be. Yep, let her be, man. Let Paw Patrol be. That's just crazy, man. But we can keep going and talking about all this stuff like yeah. this. This, um... You know, I, I want to get into it here, but I think we're going to, we'll, we'll pause on it because there's a couple other points here, but like the de defunding the police, I want to like get your, your take on that. Um, the, okay. um, yeah, cause I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to jump here in a little bit, but. Um, yeah. Defunding the police. I can take that one now. I've actually got a, a large hit. set of notes to go, go over. Cause I thought we would cover that topic. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, hit I it. got my notes. Good thing or bad thing? What's that? Stupid. Stupid. I, exactly. <laughs> Stupid. Just, just. It, now I understand what the the movement is. Is that you don't need to have an aggressive. Okay, our police have become very mil militaristic. Correct. Yep. Okay. So, with that being said. Um, people want to get away from that for the normal average 99% of the police officer's job. Mm -hmm. Traffic stops. Um, uh, saw somebody in my neighborhood. I heard a scary, you know, like where the, there's 90% of the time you don't need a gun. Right. Right. To solve the situation. Because because what happens is if you have a gun and you're willing to use it and you use it in that other 90% of the time, you're going to aggravate the other person to make that 90% turn into 70%, mm -hmm. right? So, so we need to get away from that. And I think that's what the idea and suggestion is. And if defund means like reducing funding so that you can't get all these armored cars, like why? Why do you have better materials than I had in the military? Right. Well, right. Or, or defund or, or repurpose the funding, right? To, for, for repurpose better training, the funding. Right? Some, some different tactics uh, on de-escalation, right? Like how, how do you de-escalate? How do you um, use your soft skills a little bit better instead of being, you know what I mean? To like really dial things down. Put the money there. Don't don't just say, yeah, we're going to defund you and you guys can go pound sand. Yeah. No, I'd be, I'd be scared. I'd be scared of shit. But I will tell you, in my life, I have had the cops called on me multiple times with guns out. Um, but I've only called the cops, I think, two times. One was for a drunk driver. I saw going down the highway, and I wanted to let them know, like, something needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, somebody needs to stop this guy. It's dangerous. And the other one was after my house got broken into, uh, after which they came, they checked it out, and they did absolutely nothing. That was it. 
Like mm-hmm. they came, checked it out. All right, great. No follow-up calls, but I got one call that says, hey, your case is still open, but we're probably not going to find it. That's pretty much every burglary everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Nobody ever <laughs> so I think, you know, uh, the policy change that I was talking about earlier, you know, another, po- uh, you know, part of that policy change is not defunding the police, but really clearing up their purpose and intentions, right? Are they above the law? Can they issue law? Or do they, are they there to help and protect? Help, they, they, in, they're the enforcers, right? They enforce the law that has been, um, our people, the American population, elected officials that created a law, went through the normal process, that law passed, and now the police enforce that particular law, right? If, if it makes sense, right? Not every law, but, but if it makes sense. So, so that's, that brings me to the point of, are they enforcing law or like to what degree? Like, should they be enforcing? Good question. Like, if, like, do you really need police officers to pull over everybody with expired license plates? Right. Do you, why is, why is the same person who's supposed to stop an active shooter, the same person who's pulling you over because, um, you roll through a stop sign. One's a rookie rookie and one's a veteran. (laughs) You would think so, but it's going to be the same rookie responding to both of those, unfortunately, because he's probably in the area and the other guy's probably off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, when you have them doing, going after active shooters, and you have them you know, pulling over, you know, for tickets, you're going to, and they're doing these two extremely different jobs. It's really hard for them to keep the kill or be killed mindset that they need to do when they have an active shooter. Mm -hmm. And while also pulling you over for doing, you know, five over five and a 40. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's not the same person because one person needs to be like, yo, what I say you have to do. And then if you pull me over and you have that same attitude, when I have a ticket, I'm like, bro, I went five over. Like, just like, chill out. <laughs> chill out. Like, I should be able to tell you, chill the hell out, back up off me, mm-hmm. because I'm not creating a major, I, this is a citation, right? I'm not a, America's most wanted. Right. And we have to we have to check that. There has to be a checks and balance system on the law enforcement. It can't just be internal investigations. Like we can't have former police officers investigating police officers for citations. They're gonna be like, all right, cool. There's yep. no kind of check and balance system. And if we can't have it in the investigation, we have to give it in the rights that people know. And that has to be clearly creating some guidance on what they can and cannot do to, to a better extent than what it is now. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So there's, um, so a couple points, right. And then I'm going to, I'm going to read something that, um, someone sent me and I think, cause it's, it's really, really good. Um, but I look at all this stuff is a, 
I'm going to date myself, right? You know, I don't know if you had this, but I had the cassette tapes, right? Back in the day. Of course, man. Right. You had. Yeah. That's why I kept a number two pencil on deck. That's right, man. You got in case it like, (laughs) you got to wind it back up, man. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you got, you got the A side, right. And the B Mm -hmm. side and, and most albums, like not all, like you don't have great songs on every album, right? Like, or on every yeah. side, right? You got a couple of good songs and some, eh, some okay ones. And then you flip it over and you have um, a couple of good songs on that, on that side as well. But what I, what I, I see now is the A side and the B side, like people just listen to the A side and only, right? And that's what, and then that make their judgment. Like, oh, the A side is, I've listened to it. The B side must suck. It must be awful. Yeah. Yeah, listen to the B side, and they're like, "Oh, I'm listening to the B side. The A side must suck. It's awful." So there's no, there's no. Um, folks are just not listening to each other's side. And when, when in reality, like you could, you could listen to both, um, hear each other out, probably get really good nuggets, and then put them together. You know, you make your little mixy tape, right? Where you, we got yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that, that's kind of my analogy for what's going on right now. It's just there's good stuff and bad stuff on a side, good stuff, and bad stuff on B side. But if, if neither, neither party or neither individual or neither group or entity or whatever is not willing to listen and hear each other out instead, they just get more cemented on their side. Um, dude, we don't go anywhere. Like, I mean, it's, we're not going to, I, I think um, we, we need to do uh, another conversation about how to take constructive criticism. Agreed. Um, because I think if you are on any side and you're not bringing up, if you're not the first to bring up the problems with your side, then you're probably not an active listener. Right. Right. So when we say we're going to talk about something, I, I try to make sure I'm pointing out what's wrong with the Democrats. What's wrong with the Republicans? What's wrong with what could blacks do better? What could whites do better, right? What could citizens do better in the government? I'm going to make sure that I give every, everybody is wrong, yeah. right? Listen, to, you're listening to the A side and the B side, right? And you're bringing yeah. their points, points to, uh, to the table, right? Yeah, you have, to, you have to be willing to know that you're, you have flaws in order to fix them, right? You have to know that you're not the strongest in order to go out and get stronger, right? So if you... If you're not acknowledging that you you don't have any room for improvement you have to believe there's room for improvement in order to seek room for improvement right. and i think that's a really really good topic for entrepreneurs i think that's a great topic for today in general and I, i'd love to cover that yeah yeah absolutely man Let, let's do that next episode man so um yeah, and I know this. This has been all kind of consuming because initially we started this podcast on it was it was going to be heavily, um, you know, leadership, business, life in general, um, and and we'll we'll start getting back to that. But with all the stuff that's been going on in the world, this is just it's good topics and it's good to like we got a black dude and a white dude having the same, having the conversation, right? Look, listen, America, it's okay. Like we can have this dialogue back and forth. Perfectly fine. Totally okay. We and then perfectly fine. Uh, we got to get together face to face so we can do this and uh, and have like a whiskey. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. So whiskey. <laughs> it, but by the time people start listening to this, they will know that whiskey is my jam. Yeah, oh yeah, there will be no doubt. Good bourbon, a good bourbon, man. I'll bring the old fashioned mix, man. 
Um, All right. Sounds I'm going to read one thing real quick and then, and then we'll shut this out. But um, absolutely. This, this got sent over. I think it was, I think it got sent from Serena Williams, allegedly. I don't know, but I like the verbiage. I'm going to read it real quick. Um, I'm sick of COVID-19. I'm sick of black versus white. I'm sick of Democrats versus Republicans. I'm sick of gays versus straight. I'm sick of Christians versus atheists. I'm really sick of the media. I'm sick of no one being allowed to think what they want and feel what they, what they do without offending someone. I'm sick of the nosy ass people who call the cops when anyone does anything they don't approve of. I'm sick of blaming the whole for the sins of the few. We're one race, the human race. You want to support President Trump? President Trump, you do you, it's your choice. You want to support Biden, fine, also your choice. You want to believe in God, okay, believe in God. You want to believe in magical creatures that fly around and sprinkle fairy dust to make life better, awesome, you do you. But stop thrusting your beliefs on others and not being able to deal with the fact that they don't have the same exact mindset as you. Having our own minds is what makes us all individual and beautiful. If you can't handle the fact that you may have a friend that has opposing views as, has opposing views as you, then you are not any better than the bigots and the racists. I don't have to agree with everything you believe to be a decent human being and your friend. Very good. Dude, I, like that. Dude, I was going off in a thought on that. That's really deep, man. It is. It's especially the contrast about how not accepting other people's views is you're really no better than somebody who's racist. Correct. I, I, like, I believe that wholeheartedly. It's like, hey, you should accept everybody. You should accept everybody and everybody's views, unless you disagree with me, and then you're a piece of shit. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 that makes no sense. <laughs> oh, man. I accept that everybody has the right to think how they should have. Doesn't That's mean it. I think your view is correct. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> but, 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 but you have but, the right... We don't need to hate each other. Um, we don't need to hate each other either. So, so I think that's the message. Um, so for, for those of you that are listening, um, if you, if you like what you heard, please give us a like, uh, we're on Spotify, um, app, all, all, all the, the primary podcasts, um, platforms now. So, so we're out there, we're doing, doing good things. I think this is episode number four, right? We're going to hit number five, um, uh, again, um, in another week, but, uh, yeah, really appreciate everybody. And, um, yeah, that's it. Anything else? Any other parting parting thoughts here, John? No, just uh, remember that uh, make your neighbor your friend. Go out there and do good things. Treat others like you want to be treated. That's it. All right, guys. All we're right. out. Later.